Welcome everyone to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. If I told you had a story needing to be heard, would you tell it? Better yet, if you knew your story could help someone else, would you share it? I believe everyone has a story that is unique, just like our fingerprint that put us on the path of our lives. Some call it purpose. Every story can help, heal, inspire, educate, and my one word is to give hope. Today, my guest is Jennifer Rio Ruddle, and she is going to talk about mm, the C word. How many times do we hear that C word? Her journey is quite interesting, and uh, I can't wait to introduce her. But first, let me introduce who she is in her background. From not being able to walk to walking red carpets, Jennifer is conquering cancer, there's that C word, like a queen, more than you know. Jennifer is the reigning United States of America's Miss Arizona 2020, where she ran where she ran on the platform of early onset col- colorectal. colorectal and cancer prevention and awareness. Jennifer is a stage four survivor who is using her title to speak about her experiences and challenges facing early onset. I can't say the word. Colorectal. Colorectal. I had to learn too. I am so sorry. My tongue gets tied on the wrong on the wrong things here. (gasps) Jennifer joined the Colorectal Cancer Alliance Never Too Young Advisory Board in 2019, where she advocates for all early onset patients and survivors. She is an accomplished theatrical and commercial actress and model, and proud Arizona United States alumni. There we go. ASU. And Animal Rescue Ally. Welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Christine, for having me. Absolutely. I uh, Sorry, I messed that whole... It's okay. I had to learn how to say it, too. And actually, before we get started, I just want to let your listeners know that you had a very beautiful moment um, a few minutes ago (laughs) where you were awarded with the Shiro Award. And I know more of that will be um, on Facebook and other places, but I just wanted to congratulate you on that as well. I wasn't expecting that by any way, any means. I just do what I do because I believe that if I'm walking the journey that I am with the tragedy of losing my daughter, other people are walking, getting through life, right? Right. We don't all have the answers in any way, shape or form, but if we can share stories of our journeys, we can help someone else that's a little bit more information than before. So I just look at it as just doing something that is good for other people. And my one big word, as I mentioned in the beginning, is giving hope. So thank you for the recognition. And I love the beautiful crown that I have (laughs) that no one can see but me. (laughs) Um, When did you get diagnosed? Um, I was diagnosed in October of 2017. So when you got diagnosed, was this a routine doctor visit? You had gone in for something and then all of a sudden they said, hey, we've got something we need to tell you about? No, actually I was diagnosed. Um, I ended up in the emergency room. So I had been traveling with my husband. We were in Belize and then we were in California and then Las Vegas and then Alaska. And we got back from the Alaska trip on a Sunday and I woke up Monday morning and I thought I had the flu. Just wasn't feeling good, wasn't myself. And after a few days, my husband said, I really think you need to go to the doctor and get checked out. And I couldn't get into my doctor right away, so I put it off and I waited. And so about two weeks later, my husband said, look, this has been going on. You've got to get in. Mm -hmm. So I called my doctor. I was able to get in. Um, He did a blood test. And this was uh, early in the morning on a Friday morning. And he called me that evening and he said, I got your results back and I need you to get to the emergency room right now. Oh my goodness. And I said, 
why? Like, why? I don't understand what's going on. And he said, um, you are highly anemic. He said, you have half the blood in your body that you should have. And he said, you could have a heart attack or a stroke at any second. He said, honestly, I don't know how you're up and walking around. Wow. Yeah. So it was pretty shocking. So my husband came home from work right away and took me to the emergency room and they admitted me immediately and started running tests to find out why I was losing blood and, and what was going on. And I can see you. Our listeners can't see you. You look, and we heard this right, <laughs> you look healthy. I, thank you. <laughs> I get that a lot. That's actually one of the reasons um, I got back into doing pageants um, because I did hear that a lot. You don't look sick. Um, and I did for a while. There, there was a period of time that when I was first diagnosed, I spent 15 days in the hospital. I had emergency surgery. I came home from the hospital. I was 103 pounds. You could see every bone in my body. My skin had gotten kind of a yellowish color. Um, I, I looked sick. Um, but I, I fought my way through it. I gained my weight back. I took care of myself. And now, luckily, I do look healthy. I feel healthy. So it was important for me to kind of change the face of what cancer looks like. The stigmas. Yes. Yes. I'd like to break the stigmas. Yes. Like we just mentioned you look healthy, but that doesn't mean there's not something going on. Exactly. As you have already found that right. to be. Right. So you're an advocate. And um, share with us the advocacy that you are for. Um, I'm going to say for cancer, for yeah. what you're going through, because you said that you joined the colorectal. Okay. I said it. Yes. Cancer Alliance. Right. Too young. Uh, what does that mean? So the Colorectal Cancer Alliance is there to help and advocate and educate people on colorectal cancer. And the Never Too Young board is specifically for people under the age of 50 who've been diagnosed or caregivers of people who are under the age of 50. And the problem is a lot of times with people under the age of 50, you're not diagnosed because until recently, screening didn't even start until 50. Now it's 45, but I was 41 when I was diagnosed. I was going to ask you how old you were. I, yep, I was 41. I had no family history. I had no risk factors. So I wasn't somebody that would regularly go in for a colonoscopy. And sadly, there are a lot of stories similar to mine. Mm -hmm. And sometimes doctors look at us because we're younger and don't, recommend colonoscopies, even if we have symptoms, because we're looked at as, oh, you're too young for that kind of cancer. But as we know, that's not the case. Now we're finding out as we get older that even children are getting cancers, animals are getting cancers. It's yeah. not really um, a checklist anymore. Right. Yeah, no, it's uh, let's check this out and do something now and right. catch it. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even have symptoms or I, I had I had some symptoms, but not nearly what I should have had given my diagnosis. So it's hard at that point to really say, okay, well, you know, I, I, I didn't know to ask for a colonoscopy. I wasn't aware of colon cancer and rectal cancer and what that meant and what that looked like. So I think it's important for people to know what the signs are and, and to be aware of them and to be able to advocate for themselves mm -hmm. if they think that there's something wrong. Well, I always say, pay attention to your body. Yes. You know, and I'm, I'm at that 58 mark. I don't look it. I've been told it, but I don't want to act it either. But I am in that bracket of certain things that are coming right. about us. I do get older because I'm not getting younger. None of us are. So when I hear all these different things of the age brackets, 
Um, yeah, it is important. So if our listeners are out there, I would say, yes, we have the typical ages that we've been given, but as we've also learned from Jennifer, that that is not typically the case either. So pay attention to your body. Um, I guess I could ask this too, because I have not experienced cancer. Um, would you say any of this would have to do, and you've gone through this already, maybe some of the foods that we're eating, our environment, because it wasn't genetic, as you've already mentioned. Right. Um, you know, it's really hard to say. I, I've eaten a well-balanced diet. I never was overweight. Um, so I, I, I honestly don't know. That's one of the things that mm-hmm. we need more research for. We need more funding and more research mm-hmm. to find out why people like me are getting colon cancer at, at such a young age. Like you said, I know people in their teens and 20s mm-hmm. and 30s. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely not unique in that regard in any way. And again, people who have always been healthy, who are active, who work out, who eat, um, who are vegetarians, who eat, you know, good meals. And, and so it's, yeah, it's, it, we need a lot more, we need a lot more research on that. I think, um, with cancer, it's still one of those questionable things, and, and we're hearing new cancers all the time where they can't right. identify it, so we just use the C word right. um, until we can figure out, like you said, there needs to be more research. Yeah, there's no straight path. No. You know, you did this, so this happened. Right. It, it, it's not that way anymore. So this is your platform as you are the reigning United States of America, Miss Arizona 2020. Mrs. Arizona. Mrs. Yes. I'm sorry, Mrs. Arizona 2020. And, of course, we know with this year being... An interesting year, to say the least. Um, doing this is your platform. Is that bringing awareness? Yes. Okay. So, who are you wanting? To, who's your targeted audience or groups that you're trying to make an awareness up? Really, everybody. I think a lot of people are afraid to talk to their doctors if they do have symptoms. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people are um, afraid to talk to their family and ask if they have family history. It's People, I think, feel like people um, talk about breast cancer and um, lung cancer and melanoma a little easier, but when it comes to your colon, Mm. people are a little embarrassed to talk Mm. about it. I certainly was, Mm -hmm. and it took me going through this and wanting to share my experience with other people to hopefully save them that got me past that. And so if I can put my embarrassment aside and talk to other people about what I've gone through and hopefully have them not experience the same things I did, then it's worth it. So are you currently going through any treatments? I am. Please share with our listeners. I am. I actually just finished 10 rounds of radiation to my lungs because I was stage four. Stage four means that your cancer has spread to a organ far from it. So mine originated in the rectum and spread to my lungs. So I just finished 10 days of radiation on the spots on my lungs, and I'm still on oral chemotherapy. Interesting. Now, our listeners can't see you, but I can. <laughs> and the first thing people think about when they're doing a treatment is they, they lose their hair, their eyebrows, all that. You don't have that going on. No. Um, I know that there are certain chemotherapies that you do lose your hair. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular one, I didn't. My hair has thinned some, but I know other people who have lost their hair with it. It's like I said before, it's it's so strange to me, cancer in general and chemotherapy and treatment, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Mm. It affects people differently. Chemotherapy affects people differently. Radiation affects people differently. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I've been fortunate that I have not lost 
all my hair. Like I said, I was able to gain my weight back. Um, I work out five days a week. I feel strong. I feel healthy. And I, I feel very fortunate that I'm in that position. You are, because you're here to talk about it as well. Yes, you? exactly. Uh, with that being said, do you have family? Do you have children? I do not yet. Yet. Um, one of the things that cancer can take away from you is your ability to have children. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I found that out the hard way. Mm -hmm. um, I had started chemotherapy in December of 2017. And in um, May of 2018, my doctor said, you know, it's time for you. You probably need to talk about radiation. And I said, okay. And I said, well, what will that do for me for fertility? And he looked at me and he said, you still want children? And it was wow. devastating. And he said, well, I wish I, I wish you had told me that before you started chemotherapy. And my thought was, oh, did, did I do something wrong? Right. And really Doctors should be talking to you about that. I was 41 years old. I was still able to have children. So fortunately, my radiation oncologist, um, who is amazing, talked to me about fertility options because he said I did still have them. And he sent me to a fertility specialist who works with a lot of people that have cancer. So my husband and I had a few options. We could have done um, ovarian transposition where they go in through your abdomen and they tack your ovaries up a little higher so that they're out of the range of radiation. But I had already had one abdominal surgery. I knew that I needed at least two more. And so I didn't want to put my body through yet another being cut open again. So we chose to do embryo banking. So for two weeks, I had to give myself hormone injections in the stomach, um, two injections a day, one in the morning and one in the evening. And after all of that, I went in and my doctor, um, they put you out with anesthesia and the doctor goes in and harvests those eggs. And so then there's quite a bit of testing. We started out with 22. Um, I think only 16 or 17 were viable. Then those eggs um, are inseminated with my husband's sperm. Um, I think 10 of them took and matured. And then there's some additional testing to make sure that those eggs aren't going to, we're not going to be passing down that cancer mm -hmm. to those um, or any other possible diseases being that, you know, I was in my 40s at that time. I am completely mindful <laughs> to hear how advanced technology yeah. is, yet I have to step back. We haven't found the cure for cancer. I know. I, I've asked myself that many, many Along times. Along with other things that people are battling with. And, yeah. And it just amazes me yeah. that, and I wouldn't want to, I, I would want to know if I had those cells that I wouldn't want to carry on. Right. But the, I'm just, in my mind, I'm thinking in a lab. Right. A little Petri dish. Right. And there's this going on and this going on. Okay. Right. So now you've got these eggs. Right. And you're going through this. So I am assuming that there's going to come a point here soon that you're actually going to want to have those implanted back in and you're going to yes. have a baby. Yeah, I, that, is the, <laughs> that is the goal and the hope. Yes, we, um, we ended up with two embryos, um, a girl and a boy. So we're... These know the sex yes. too? Yes. Oh my gosh. I it's like the amazing. idea of a surprise. Thing. I know. Wow. I kind of joked with my husband that we could tell my doctor, you pick which one to implant and we won't know oh, no, which one he funny. chooses. And so we'd, it would still be a surprise that's since we have true. one of both. But you know you have them right. each. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so um, I need to be done with treatment um, for at least six months to make sure that the chemotherapy 
and radiation is out of my body mm -hmm. before we can implant. So um, now that I just finished this radiation, I will have a, another CT scan in October to see if it got rid of the cells that are in my lungs. And if it did at that time, then my doctor and I will talk about going off of the chemotherapy and I'll still have scans every three months to make sure that everything is completely gone and nothing's come back. And if in six months after that, everything is still good, we'll be able to implant an embryo. So you have been through a, a few little struggles with um, cancer. Yes. But then, and you know, my being the age that I am, I can't imagine having a family that late in life. Right. You know, the look on your face that no one can see is you're excited <laughs> when you get to have that opportunity yeah. to be a mom. But that also brings in another question. Wouldn't you be at high risk pregnancy? Yes, both because I had cancer and because of my age, I would be a high risk pregnancy, so I would have to see a high risk OBGYN. Wow, so then yeah. you'd be um, a guinea pig kind of again too to make sure that baby and you are, are still going to be on a yeah. healthy path. Exactly. But right. the good thing is, um, like I said, I do take care of myself. I I exercise regularly. I've gone pescatarian since my cancer diagnosis. And I think this is probably the healthiest I've been in my life. So that's a good thing. Um, my doctor is fantastic. My fertility doctor, I trust him. Mm -hmm. And oddly, my husband and I, um, you know, we were focused on traveling and working a lot when we were younger. And I don't think either one of us really felt ready for children until we heard that we might not be able to. And then suddenly, like, this light bulb came on for both of us, and we looked at each other, and we just kind of knew mm -hmm. that that we, we still wanted that. It's funny how something can change so quickly by just a couple of words. Yes. And yeah. those words would be, you can't. Exactly. And I don't know about you, but when someone tells me, <laughs> um, you can't, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Let me show you. Exactly. <laughs> you just watch me. It might take me a little while, but I will figure it out just to show you that I was able to. Exactly. So, you know, if you put limitations on yourself, of course you're not going to be able to. Right. So, well, that's going to be exciting. So I guess the question would be, since there are two eggs that you know already the sexes, so there's no surprise if you had a party that says, oh, let's do a gender party. You'd be like, sorry, I already know. Right. But for everybody else, just do it. Anyways. Exactly. <laughs> just let them have the excitement on it. So now, would this be a time that you would be um, implanted with both of the 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 sperm, what am I trying to say? The embryo. The embryo. Yes. Sorry. Long day. It, it certainly would be a possibility, but my doctor is very conservative. Mm -hmm. And so he recommended just implanting one at a time um, because we only have the two and radiation did put me into early menopause. So I don't have the option to do another round. These are our only two eggs. So he is a little more conservative and recommended just putting one in at a time. So then let's just say, positive, because that's what I'm yes. all about, Yes. that um, one of the two embryos is implanted and you go through a full term mm -hmm. of being pregnant. Well, then now you have this other egg. Yes. So then what? Then we would, um, well, we have a few options. We could go with a surrogate for the other egg, or I could have the other one implanted and do it all over again. How, how yeah. That's so neat. Yeah. You know, like I said, medicine, it's... Yeah. Modern medicine is changing so quickly. And, you know, the funny thing is my husband and I always joked that we probably only wanted one child. 
and his brother has three boys. And so when my doctor came in and said, you know, two embryos are good, like we're going to freeze these. Um, and he said, do you want to know the sex? My husband and I looked at each other and we said, oh, it's boys. My husband's um, the youngest of two boys. His family just has a lot of men. So we, we said, oh, it's, it's boys. It's two boys. And then he said, no, it's a boy and a girl. And my husband and I looked at each other and we were like, well, now I guess we're going to have a boy and a girl because how do you, how do you choose? So that is the miracle of life. Yeah. That's all I have to say. The miracle of yeah. life. So you'll, you'll go through this with a greater appreciation for life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I have said that if we come out of this. No, nope, not if. You will. When we come out of this <laughs> with one or two babies, mm-hmm. it will have been worth it. And I will not, you will never hear me complain no. about my journey or about anything that I have been through. No. I think it's amazing. I'm so, I'm so glad to sit here to hear this story. Thank you. About what your journey is. And it's not even over. You know, you still have some things that you have to do before that yes. comes yes. about where you can be a mommy. Yes. And you will be a mommy. And I'll interview you again then, too. I would love that, that. Because that would be really neat to hear that would. the progress yes. that this all, all this went through. Um, I have one last question that I love to ask everyone. What message do you want to leave our listeners based on your journey or just about life in general? Um, I think for me, it's it's two things, actually. Um, one, and I love that, that this is your, your mission as well, um, never give up hope. Mm-hmm. Never give up hope. Mm-hmm. I think having hope gives you something to move you forward. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's ever a reason to give up on that. Mm-hmm. And the second one is, and this is something you and I have talked about personally, but um, I think somebody told me when I was first diagnosed um, to look for the silver lining. Mm -hmm. And at the time I thought, what possible silver lining is there in being told that you have an 11% chance of living? There, there, There couldn't be one. But I have found so much joy and happiness and friendship and love and hope and inspiration in the last three years that I truly believe that even in those darkest days, there is a silver lining and we may have to look for it. We may have to look very hard. (laughs) It may not be what we pictured it to be, but I do believe that there's always something, something there, something positive to gain from. You know, the one thing that came to my mind, um, briefly was when you hear that phrase, you're so strong, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's one of those, I didn't get an option right, for any of this, but I did make a choice right, to what you just said, find the silver lining. Yes. Words are everything. And if you believe in them, negative or positive, of course you're going to get that result. Exactly. And so when you just shared that you had 11 percent chance of living that's very very slim yes and here yet i sit next to you and you're talking about having a family in the near future so to my listeners again pay attention to your body something doesn't seem right check it out it may be nothing but it's better to know than not to know and then have something be more uh, drastic in the end 
And uh, the quality of life, well, I guess you get to decide what that is, right? Exactly. Did you want to add anything that I may have not asked you? Because this is your journey. I don't think so. I, I think, um, no, I think, I think that's everything. Thank you for sharing this, um, this journey of yours in the short amount of time I have sat down with you. I am looking forward to the future one when you um, get to talk about going through term with babies. Me too. We're going to say babies. Yes. Because there's two of them waiting yes. to, uh, to, what would we call it, be developed yes. into individuals. <laughs> it's crazy to yes. hear me say that because I'm like, well, when I was pregnant, we already know how babies are made. <laughs> Believe me, this is not the way I ever imagined that I would have a family, but I am so grateful to science and technology for still making it possible. That's great. When is the um, the competition that you're going to be in? You're going to another... Um... Yeah, my journey is not over. I, I, no, I'm I very excited. Yeah, I'm very excited to still be involved in pageants and to do more. And um, there's another pageant called the Woman of Achievement Pageant coming up in November. Mm -hmm. um, so I hope to represent Arizona there and um, go for the United States title. You know what I'm sure you'll do quite well. Thank you. And I will. Um, I wish you the best on that Thank one. If so I'm not much. there in the audience yes. for you, because I definitely believe in women, um, empowering women, and then obviously giving hope to other individuals, male yeah. or female, because we all could use some hope. Yes. Regardless of your current situation right now that we're all dealing with 2020, we always can use hope. And it's kind of like the me too factor. If someone feels like they're alone, they're, they're just going to be by themselves. They're not going to think that there's hope out there exactly. but then when I share stories or allow someone to share their story it's one of those me too it yeah. feels better absolutely it's it's not feeling alone it, it's not feeling isolated and I think no matter how many friends we have no matter how big our families are we all go through those times where we feel isolated and for me hearing other people's stories of survival and hope and inspiration is what got me through some really hard times. Mm -hmm. So I said if I could do that for somebody else, even one other person to make them feel like I'm not the only person going through this, that's what I wanted to I do. I always say it takes one person to make a difference. Right. And that would be what you just said. Exactly. If it's just one person, that it was it's one person and then the dumb the ripple effect. Exactly. Definitely. Thank you again, Jennifer, for being my guest this evening. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure and my honor. Thank you again for being my guest and sharing your story to, as we've talked about, help, heal, inspire, and of course, my big, big word is to give hope. If you should have a story that you want to share or know someone who has a story, please have them contact me. You can also be anonymous. You do not have to have your name attached. Some people feel that there's a shame or they don't know if they really want to talk about it because they're not sure what the outcome will be or if anyone's going to approve because we still do have those. We worry what other people think. We're not sure if we're alone or not. I would love to hear your story. So please email me to the address of Christine with a CH at storiesofhope.com. And until next time, everyone, I wish you well and you take care.